Hey everyone, this is Bogdan from the Crypto Safari Podcast. Before we jump into the episode today, I do want to say that the situation with FTX is moving super fast. So the information you're about to hear is the best explanation we have as of this recording, which is November 11th, 2022. Uh, We'll cover what went down with FTX and I'll actually share some of my takeaways as a longtime FTX user. And then we'll also cover what the FTT token is all about that started this whole mess. So with that, let's get into it. Bogdan, Brian, and their guests are not registered investment advisors. Nothing discussed today should be relied on for investment decisions, nor is it investment advice. This show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Please work directly with an investment professional. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Crypto Safari Podcast where we climb the jagged mountains of the cryptoverse, chiseling out those hard-to-find tokens that fill your bags. My name is Bogdan, and as always here, I have Brian with me. How's it going, Bri? It's going good, Bogdan. Just uh, free climbing the crypto market these days. I'm glad to hear that, because you know what I'm doing? I'm free-falling the crypto market. Free-falling. Actually, I meant free-soloing. That's the term. I'm free soloing the crypto market. One hand reaching for that rock. There's no ropes, no supports. I'm out there alone on a rock face with this chalk on my fingers and a a sack of of money on my hip. Yeah. And I'm that guy flying past you falling to his death because you know what? FTX. FTA. Yeah, man. Like it's it's crazy. Like we'll go for like, you know, a few weeks where things are just kind of like, oh yeah, maybe there's a big million dollar, billion dollar hack here, new thing here. And then all of a sudden, whirlwind storms. And that's one reason I love the crypto market because right when you think it's getting boring and you're ready to, <laughs> to turn into the you're ready to look for another investment or another thing to, to draw your attention, all of a sudden, boom, the world comes to an end, so to speak. Honestly, I I prefer boring uh, compared to this because uh, it has probably been one of the more stressful weeks of uh, the last decade for me. Um, Wow, really? Yes, yes. It it has been pretty damn stressful. So let's dive into the news because obviously this is the biggest Mm -hmm. piece of news that's currently happening. So FTX, as of this recording, has officially declared bankruptcy. Chapter 11, I believe. Yes, exactly. So this story gets really crazy. So I'm going to try to kind of summarize it because there's I've honestly been reading like 15, 20 articles on this to try and understand this. Yeah, because you're invested literally. I am literally invested in this story. So um, this is kind of like the basics of what we understand so far. And I'm sure more revelations will come out soon. But basically, Sam Bankman-Fried, who is the CEO of FTX, is also the founder of a hedge fund called Alameda Research. Mm -hmm. Now, Alameda Research would buy FTX customer funds, like their crypto, and then they would use those funds to make investments. And these investments were kind of risky. The problem is 
that Alameda Research guaranteed those investments with this token called FTT, mm-hmm. which they held. The problem is FTT is actually issued by FTX. Mm-hmm. So you can see how they are borrowing funds from FTX, like yeah. people's crypto. And then they're saying, don't worry, they're guaranteed with this token we have, which is also the FTX token. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, when documents showed that Alameda had been borrowing millions of dollars against FTT, uh, it revealed that they were super vulnerable. And basically, they were kind of trapped because if they sell their FTT to cover those uh, loans and those investments that they're making, the price of FTT goes down and all of a sudden they can't match their loans. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And what we're dealing with here is something that's happened before in finance. You know, Alameda was basically a market maker mm-hmm. for uh, for FTX, which means that they take orders, they buy orders, they match sellers and buyers, and they over leverage themselves with a token that was owned by their parent company. So we have this, this relationship where if one fails, the other fails. And so they're, they, they both have an incentive not to basically start that catalyst, right? Because once you have to, you have to remove assets from your balance sheet, they're underwater because that's what happened. They're underwater in terms of their balance sheet uh, showed uh, less value than what they had projected their worth of, right? And so to start that, uh, to, to create that, that spark that is the burning down of the house, they don't want to do that. So they're in- incentivized to continue the system as long as they can. And so from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was actually Binance who started this contagion. And they were pretty uh, uh, transparent about it. They were like, we're going to unload a lot of FTX. We're not comfortable with this relationship between Alameda and FTX and the, the, the balance sheet differences. And I think it was uh, Coindesk that got a... Um, uh, a leaked document about their balance sheet that they shared. And they were like, they started the concerns. Finance saw this and they're like, okay, th- we're not comfortable. And they were totally transparent about dumping it. And then there was this news like, oh, some whale dumps, you know, all this FTX uh, tokens, FTT tokens. And then that started the um, the cascading downfall. Yeah. And after that, it, well, it, how's that sound? Am I, am I, you're, 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 yes, you are on the right track. So the funny thing yeah. is there's a little bit more human nuance to this story. So it wasn't Binance as a company. Mm. It was the CEO of Binance, which is this guy named uh, Changpeng Zhao. Um, he goes, yeah, he goes by CZ. Sam, him and Sam Bankman-Fried, who's the CEO of FTX, kind of have a little bit of a rivalry and a quarrel between the two. So back in the day, CZ the CEO of Binance was actually an investor in FTX. And at one point he said, oh, like I want to sell my investment in FTX. I don't want to be an investor anymore. And FTX gave him $2.1 billion, billion dollars worth of the FTT token. And so he has a ton of FTT token. And then He sees that FTX is really heavily reliant on this and is like on shaky terms. And he literally puts out a tweet saying, hey, I'm going to sell all my FTT tokens. Stuff doesn't look right. And all of a sudden people go, stuff doesn't look right. Stuff doesn't look right. Right? And and it's like an echo chamber. You know, it's kind of like those seagulls uh, in that one movie where they're like, mine, 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 mine. (laughs) Right? Like everyone starts freaking out. 
And so when people got scared, it actually led to a 72% drop in FTT's price, which is how everything unraveled. The funny thing is that uh, CZ actually didn't end up selling all of his FTT. It was almost like a, like, ooh, gotcha. Like, I don't even need to. Yeah, you know, that's I've heard like like things around that and according to zz he was like listen i'm not i it wasn't intentional i'm not here to fight i'm here to build it's not personal and so there's a little bit of like denial plausible deniability on his end and like i mean who really knows i think the bigger point is is that ftx was in a bad spot yeah. and he maybe he, whether he exploited it for gain or whether he was just being a smart investor and trying to get out of a position that he didn't want to be in who knows why tweet about it though? Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna dump all of your FTT, right? Like, go ahead and just like sell it. Why Why do you have to actually tweet about it, right? So, yeah. I, I I say that the only reason you would publicly make that you know knowable is because you're trying to help other people who might want to get out of it. But he did it like in a little bit of like an aggressive way, right? Like it wasn't like, hey guys, just make sure you check out your FTT. Uh, he says. This is shaky. Do not like it. I'm selling all of it, right? Like that is, yeah. spreading, yeah. that's spreading fear and doubt. Yeah, there's a little bit of FUD there. But, but I mean, if that's, yeah, I, I see your point. And I guess it, it's a tough spot. I mean, I, I think that, you know, Elon Musk got in trouble for, for making statements about his own company with the FCC in the past. And this isn't a CZ's company. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of torn because I, I feel like, just the whole Bitcoin market is still just kind of this wild west kind of vibe. And so I'm like, kind of anything goes, I'm not saying he was right or wrong. I'm not here to, to, to make that call. Yeah. I just, I just feel like it's just like, this is the kind of the way the market is. This yeah. is for crypto. I know it's not great. And I know you're, no. you're personally invested. And so you're not no. happy you did this. Can't, can't say this is just how it goes. This, this is will. like, you're trying to take out your biggest rival, you know, like it, you're especially since they've had quarrels before. It's not like they're just like two guys hanging out, you know, uh, they've well, they've had a big rivalry. And uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that's not the case, but I'm saying the similar stuff has gone on in crypto markets. Things similar things have gone in, in broader financial markets. It's it's, it's an aggressive uh, place to be, whether it's finance or crypto. I mean, this is just. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I get it. I get it. It's not not cool, but at the same time, I'm like, here's the thing. You know, Warren Buffett had a good saying: "Is like you never know who's swimming naked until the tide comes in." And so, if FTX wasn't in this position, then yeah, who's to blame here? Really, I guess yeah. is my my saying. Oh no, it's it's for sure FTX is yeah. Like Sam Bankman-Fried is the one to blame for letting something like this happen, especially after the statements that he made. But, uh, you know, CZ was also like, all right, like my opponent is like down on his knees. Yeah. Let, let me bring out the hatchet and just whoop, decapitate. Yeah, I mean, the Machiavelli and Sun Tzu would say, good on you, CZ, yeah. <laughs> you know, but that doesn't do much for, um, you know, investors and people like yourself who are the uh, the, the collateral damage yeah, yeah. And, and rival or between two billionaires, you know? Yeah, the, the thing that is also really troublesome is like they're not declaring these things, right? So it's not like you can see what they're doing. So they're you're saying like, oh, FTX, third largest exchange in the world, right? 
I trust them, good founder, all of that. And then they're doing all this like stuff behind the scenes that you're unaware of. Um, so that that's kind of the problem. Now, listeners who have listened to our podcast uh, many times will say, well, Bogdan, don't worry. FTX is insured, right? Ah, uh, I thought so too. So it turns out FTX is insured, like we talked about before. Mm -hmm. But the insurance coverage only addresses criminal events such as theft or, or fraud. It does not cover the exchange failing completely. Mm -hmm. so there will be no bailout to depositors from the insurance. And this is a similar thing we saw from Coinbase when people read their terms and services. And we've talked about this on the show about uh, centralized and decentralized exchanges and where to keep your tokens. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it, I think this is like the point where I become a fan of, a fan of regulation. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of those things where that keeps people um, out like mainstream um, institutional investors and other mainstream investors from adopting cryptocurrency is stuff like this. And I'm not a fan of regulation, but if we want to see a wide scale adoption, um, especially in the US, then this is the kind of thing that needs to be regulated. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a, a, a conflict of interest between Alameda and FTX, which I mean, don't get me wrong, it happens in normal finance all the time, but there's actually rules and regulations around it and some sort of governing body to prevent it from happening. It still happens, but it's a little bit more under the table and a little more uh, different channels uh, connecting the two relationships. But I think this is one of those cases where you say like, listen, there has to be some regulation. Otherwise this whole thing we, we talk about and we invest in is gonna be hands off for a lot of people. Yeah, so, I agree. I agree. Um, so that's, that's the big news on my side, um, and I will cover a little bit of uh, what happened with my positions and all of that um, when I'm covering my token today, but uh, what other news do you have for us? Yeah, I mean, David, that was a pretty much the big news, and I, I think I remember, um, well, I, I don't think, I do remember waking up and looking at uh, you know the crypto markets and seeing what was going on, and I saw this major sell-off, and I was like, wow, what, what's going on? And so I know a lot of it had to do with FTX. Um, we saw Solana plunge, you know, like 40% in a day. And, I, and a lot of that had to do with um, Alameda holding a lot of Solana. Is that right? I'm not sure. I know that they're very connected. So uh, yeah. Solana is very connected to FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried, all of that. Um, they kind of run in the same circles. So yeah, Solana is suffering quite a bit as well. Right. And so I, for, for Solana, it was kind of like a double whammy. So there was a lot of holdings, excuse me, um, that I think Almeida held a lot of Solana. Mm -hmm. But also another thing happened where there was 800 million Solana tokens that were set to be unlocked by validators. Mm. And this was something called a, a Epoch 370 that was supposed to happen at the same time. And so what you have here is a uh, basically a broad sell-off of Solana hitting the market staked and also held by Alameda. And so people fear that there's going to be too much supply and not enough demand. And that's what shoots prices down. Mm. So it was this kind of uh, these dual forces happening that really hurt Solana. And, you know, I think there was a, few, a lot of other tokens like, you know, they felt the same. And so we had that going on. And those are two like things that will just really be tough on, on, a, on a protocol or I'm sorry, on a, a project and a market. But also there was a lot of bad news from the Fed in terms of the economic outlook for next year. 
Mm. And so there was a sell-off in stocks. There was a sell-off in bonds. There was a sell-off in crypto, gold. Everything took a hit. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it so happened that during this time, there was going to be all these unlocked Solana hitting the market and Alameda FTX rumors and them potentially selling off Solana to cover their, their losses Yeah, and to raise and all, money, basically. All of this happened so fast, by the way. So for yeah. people who aren't familiar with the story, on Monday, the tweet went out of, hey, I'm going to sell all my FTT by CZ. On Tuesday, FTX is like going into the dumps and is like on fire. And then Tuesday, CZ says, oh, I'll bail you guys out. I'm going to buy FTX. Yeah. So people are like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, sweet. What a nice guy. Yeah. You know, like, or caviar, sir. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Then on Wednesday, CZ says, never mind, looked into it, don't want to buy FTX. And then on Thursday, FTX goes, okay, we're going to declare bankruptcy. Yeah. Like, so literally in like four days, all of this happened. <coughs> Bless you. Um, yeah. And, you know, Sam Bankman-Fried, he lost $16 billion in a week. Oh, poor guy. I know. I think he has $1 billion left. So, uh, you know, he'll still have uh, his Gucci loafers and ivory back scratchers. Let's open yeah. a GoFundMe campaign for him. I think we should. And by the way, you know, I heard something funny. Um, you know how AOC was kind of having this Twitter feud with, uh, with Elon Musk? Someone mm-hmm. raised, uh, someone created a GoFundMe page to raise $8 so she get a blue check mark. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that was, uh, that's huge news with Solana. And I saw that drop and I was like, holy shit, Solana's at $13. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, you, what you bought in at like 32, right? Not to. Yeah. Uh, I bought, yeah. At, I bought at uh, 24 and then I bought some more at 30. And I was like, oh man, like I am so early to the party. And well, I didn't sell. So so my story with this is like, I bought all of this on FTX, by the way. So the way that I got involved in FTX is when I first heard about Solana, I was like, oh, I should buy some. Like a lot of people were interested in this. It wasn't on any mainstream exchanges. The only place I could find it was FTX. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, these guys are great. They're giving me stuff early and cheap transaction fees. So I bought a bunch of Solana. My, uh, I think I bought like something like four or $5,000 worth, which for me is a lot. And then at the height of Solana, my position had gotten up to like $60,000. And I was like, I'm rich, I'm rich. Oh my God, I'm (laughs) such a genius. I'm the greatest (laughs) investor of all time. And then boom, now I'm like underwater on it. Oh, that's tough, man. And uh, I, I hate to hear that. And honestly, don't sell. I mean, what we're looking at here isn't really... I know we have a listener question that's going to address this and we'll we'll get into it, but here's the thing, man, this is the markets are going to go up and down and this, what we're seeing right now, isn't really a problem with Solana in terms of its technology, the protocol and what it does, what we're seeing here are market forces and investor fear and also just economic um, headwinds Mm -hmm. that are causing the sell-off. It's not necessarily a, um, a, an intrinsic value of the project. I mean, you bought into a lot of companies that their prices dropped at the beginning of the pandemic. And these companies had strong balance sheets, strong leadership and strong products. It was just fear. Yep. And so when this kind of stuff happens, this is the time to buy. I would well, double down on your Solana. Yes. So so I do plan to to buy more. The issue isn't so much certain cryptocurrencies going down. That doesn't scare me at all. What truly scares me is a entire crypto exchange going down. 
So I think let's let's jump into our listener questions because it's a sure. little bit related to this. So sure. um, thank you guys again for sharing listener questions. Remember, if you want to submit a question, you can always submit them to questions at cryptosafari.us and we will get to them in the next episode. But our first question here, which is related to this, is from Lenny. He is asking, do you still believe in exchanges being a good place to store crypto? So go for it, Brian. Uh, well, man, you know, and I, we've talked about this quite a bit. And I'm always in the camp of, of no, it's not. It might be a good place to buy crypto, but not to store it. And we talked about uh, the Coinbase terms and conditions of service a while back when those were, were brought to people's attention, where it said like, hey, if we fail, we are not going to give you your money, you know, and it was pretty clear. And I, I like I, I I'm still a firm believer that like it's just not a good place to, to keep your money. I, I think it's 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 I don't I don't have a lot of confidence and because of the lack of regulation for the exchanges. Mm -hmm. And once you when you have that, then I think, you know, hey, buy crypto there, maybe trade a little bit, but then keep keep it on a wallet or just keep it on the diversified amount of exchanges at least do you now do you keep uh your crypto on a cold wallet or hot wallet and cold wallet meaning it's like a little hard drive that's not plugged into your computer hot wallet meaning like either a hard drive plugged into your computer or like a digital wallet like metamask or coinbase wallet yeah uh digital wallet um i'm not gonna tell you which one because hackers <laughs> but uh uh yeah i keep it on a cold wallet but also i have i use four different exchanges right now Mm -hmm. So I kind of spread it around, but usually what I'll do is I'll buy um, and then I'll just transfer it to my cold wallet. You mean hot wallet? Excuse me. Yeah. Hot wallet. Sorry. So your hot, wallet. hot wallet. Yeah. So yeah, I'll yeah. buy an exchange and then I'll transfer it to a hot wallet. Mm -hmm. um, if I don't know, if I know I'm not going to be trading it like anytime soon, if it's something I'm going to hold, then I'll buy it and then transfer it to the, to the, the hot wallet. Okay. Yeah. I, so after this experience with FTX, where you know, when the Coinbase thing was happening, I was like, ha, like I was a little bit like mocking people. I was like, ha ha, losers. Like you thought it was so safe. FTX is the best. Coinbase sucks. And I'm like, oh. Schadenfreude. You got bit by the Schadenfreude. I did. I did. So now to answer your question, Lenny, um, I don't believe it's best to hold your crypto on exchanges. However, for convenience sake, I think I'm going to, hold my crypto between exchanges and a cold wallet, yeah. meaning like a hard drive that is like not plugged into my computer um, that I can just put in a safe place. That's kind of my theory behind it now. What ended up happening to me is remember how I told you like, oh, I'm signed up for five different exchanges and like my, my money is like spread out. Well, over time, I kept like selling some from the different exchanges. And then I'd be like, oh, I should buy some of this crypto. And I would go to FTX mm. and I would buy it on FTX. And so by accident, I should have been more careful about this. But by accident, 95% of my crypto mm. ended up on FTX. You consolidated it's by lack of... Did, didn't, didn't really do yeah. like my accounting, my rebalancing and all of that, mm -hmm. uh, which was sloppy. Um, luckily today, my FTX transfers actually completed and I was able to withdraw my crypto from FTX. 
Awesome. So, good news. So I feel in a good spot. I know that's not going to be true for everyone. Some people are reporting like I, I put in my withdrawal request like a week ago. They're still not going through. Mm. Right. So there is a difference between FTX US seems to be working really well. It's still solvent um, because it is more regulated. Mm -hmm. International FTX seems to be the one that's having all the problems. Um, yeah. People can't get their money out. I've heard that people had negative balances. Oh. Yeah. Especially with Bitcoin. Yeah. How does that happen? I don't know. I, I Honestly, I really don't know. I was listening to another podcast that I like. Um, I think it's called Crypto or Bitcoin News or something like that. Um, I'll have to remember and put it in the show notes. But um, yeah, I guess early on when they, they froze, um, you know, withdrawals, there were some people because I believe they sold off a bunch of Bitcoin maybe on mm -hmm. FTX. And so some people that had like maybe some Bitcoin staked or in their wallets, like there was like, I don't, I'm not sure exactly. And I don't want to like speculate and, and cause any FUD, but uh, according to the other, the other person I was listening to, like there were some people who had reported negative balances in, in their wallets with FTX. Okay. okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So, so that hopefully that answers your question, Lenny. I am becoming more of, I'm, I'm joining Brian's camp where I'm like, all right, you know what? These exchanges aren't as trustworthy as they appear to be, even with all their official language and speak and, you know, all those well, games. I think the biggest thing is to understand about these uh, centralized exchanges is they're custodians of the tokens. They, you don't own them. Mm -hmm. You might give them money, but they, they still own the tokens and they just hold them for you. Yeah. And so that's the breakdown in terms of um, well, ownership uh, of, of this asset. And uh, that's the problem I have. It's basically saying, I'll give you some money. You go buy the tokens I want and you take care of them for me. And if I want them, can I have them back someday? You know, and I, I don't I don't agree with that relationship. And that, that's what kind of scared me. And I've listened to a lot of people who, who invest in crypto like, for a while. And I've tried to, like, you know, learn from them. And, you know, they, there's that saying, it's not your with exchanges, not your keys, not your cash. Yeah. So if you don't know the keys to the wallet, then you're subject to a lot of um, exposure and risk. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I think it's important to have your cold wallet or your hot wallet, whatever you have and own the keys and own the access. Yeah. See, that that's the thing is I always felt like, oh, they're so huge. Like venture capitalists have like invest in this. They wouldn't do that if this was so risky. You know, like big, big hedge funds invest in these exchanges. And now I'm realizing like, oh, they don't mind losing their money because they have so much of it. Well, I mean, you know, he, he might lose $16 billion, but he might have a billion dollars left in personal yeah. wealth. Like I feel fine. <laughs> I will also another thing I was reading, too, is Tom Brady, Steph Curry and Kevin O'Leary are all brand ambassadors for FTX and what they were paid in FTX tokens. Oh, so they have lost money, too. So you're not alone. And, and, and I mean, you got your money back. So hey, that's the good part. If, if I'm doing better than Tom Brady in any aspect of life, I'm a pretty happy camper. Well, I think Giselle might, uh, might argue that, <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 you know, they're, they're FTX USA. So I bet they've gotten some money back. No one wants their brand ambassadors out there talking bad about, well, if, I guess at this point, who cares? I don't know. So if, if their tokens are in FTT, if that's what right, FTT, their, yeah. their wealth is in, then yes, they have lost that money simply by the price of FTT going down. Right. No, that's a good point. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, who knows what they're going to get on the back end, but right now they're kind of SOL. 
I'm, I'm okay. doing I'm doing better than Tom Brady, so I'm feeling okay. I, you made me feel better, Brian. Thank there you, you go. See, all right, all right. lining. Good, good, good. And whenever all you're right. feeling bad, look at someone who's doing worse to make yourself feel better. That's what I do all the time <laughs> when I see your face. That's why it hangs out on Skid Row. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you, Lenny. Our uh, our next question here is from Javier. Javier would like to know: Do you think the FTX collapse will cause certain smaller cryptocurrencies to fail? Such as Solana, Polygon, etc. Yeah, I mean a good good question, and I think fail is 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 not the right term, Javier. And I'm not uh, I'm not saying that you're not on the right track, but I think what we're seeing here is a failure in consumer investor confidence, not a failure in projects. And now we might see the price dip, and we might see sell offs. But we're still talking about um, you know, projects that have a proven technology and a proven value. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but um, you know, maybe in the future when we see more adoption, more use cases. And so I wouldn't really connect exchange failure that usually has to do with over leverage, liquidity problems, bad business. You know, as as a sign that some of these stronger projects that actually have a, a product and a technology that's innovative and new to cause them to fail, it might cause their price to drop, but that's not failure. So we have to separate the product, uh, you know, from price. Yeah, that's I, my thoughts on that. I agree. I actually read a uh, tweet recently from this guy named Adiyat. Um, he's at Shears Excalibur and he wrote, uh, take a screenshot of this post, he says. And he says, $8 billion, as some people here are fidgeting or failing to understand, isn't a large number if you look at the entire market cap of crypto sitting at $800 billion yeah. and $3 trillion sometime back. So $8 billion is the amount that FTX was short. Uh, and that caused this failure. So $8 billion out of $800 billion, you know, it's not going to cause such a big collapse. Um, and in addition to that, Polygon's price actually went up by 6% this week. Believe yeah, well, that's not, I mean, that's another thing too. Like we saw like this big drop, but a lot of these, you know, prices went up, they rebounded, maybe not to where they were before, but we did see a lot of people buying the dip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a big, I'm a firm believer in Polygon. I'm an investor and, you know, they're, they're solid. And also, I mean, I think you got to think about that Solana is, is basically partnered with Google now running their, uh, their validator, mm -hmm. their cloud validator and Solana are paired together. And so we have companies like Google and Solana working together. And so this is just a, a market correction. It's, it's investor lack of confidence. It's, it's some FUD. Yep. And, you know, Hey, buy the dip. Weather the storm, you know, pull your, pull your, tuck your pants into your socks <laughs> and just, just hold tight, man. Hold fast. I agree. I agree. Uh, fun fact. Um, I was reading about Polygon, about it going up in value. I was like, oh, that's strange. Like it would go up in value while everything else is going down. Um, so apparently part of Polygon is backed by gold. So that's why partially it went up. It also just announced a partnership with Instagram where it's going nice. to power all of their uh, digital goods on Instagram, and it's working on a partnership deal with Disney to partner yeah, yeah. to to uh, power all of their digital goods. So I, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say like 
as long as companies are building and building real relationships with real companies, those companies tend to do really well. I agree. And I knew about the Disney partnership. The, the Instagram one is new to me. And I mean, honestly, like I, 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 I like the partnership, but coming from, um, from Facebook, I'm sorry, meta <laughs> um, who just laid off, uh, you know, 10,000 employees. Like I believe the partnership is it, it's, it's good for poly polygon, but for me, it's more of a sign of desperation from, from, from meta. Um, they've tried their own crypto projects and they failed or they're just sitting on the shelf. And so, I mean, it's good for publicity in terms of long-term. I mean, Instagram is still very popular, very successful. Let's just leave it at that. I agree. But for me, that partnership doesn't mean as much to companies like Disney. I disagree there simply because Meta is actually working on, they're all in on Metaverse. And so if they are making this partnership with Instagram right now with Polygon, Chances are in the future when they're launching their metaverse, they'll be like, huh, you know, like Polygon seems to have been working for the last three, four or five years that we've been running it on Instagram. Let's use that as our token on. Yeah, well, you know, even Zuckerberg said that the metaverse isn't going to see any return on investment for nine to 10 years. Hey, I'm a long term holder. <laughs> I'm a long term holder, too, but. I'm not putting my money in, in the in, in the faith of Meta being the one to uh, bring the metaverse to the masses and and create widespread adoption. Uh, I think that uh, it was a desperate move that I don't think is gonna really going to pay off for them personally. But at the same time, it doesn't mean I don't believe in Polygon. I just don't believe in Meta. Yeah, that's so, fair. That's fair. That's where I'm at. You know, something that you do believe in also went up this uh, week, which is another counterpoint I have here to Javier. Pax Gold, which yeah, you saw on the podcast, went up 8% this week. I saw that. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? Well, maybe not funny, but maybe more just a sign of our brilliance. I was looking at the uh, top 10 gainers this week, and five or maybe six of the top 10 were all projects we covered on our show. Hmm. Interesting. There you go. Yeah. I, wait, hold on. I think I took a screenshot of this. What did I do with it? <laughs> Um, there was some tokens you talked about. Filecoin was on there. Um, what was the other one that you talked about? It was Chills. I, Chills was on there. Chill, I think they were like number chilies. one or two. Yeah, Chilies. Chilies, yeah, excuse me, Chilies. They were like number one or number two. But I was looking at the top 10 gainers. I was like, wait a minute. We know these tokens. We talked about these tokens. We do. That's that. So there we go. The For all your listeners out there, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, look in the pudding, people. Wow, where did that come from? What when did the proof become in the pudding? I don't know. Someone put the proof in the pudding, and then ever since then, people like Bill hey. Cosby because I don't want that pudding if it was Bill Cosby. You you remember that proof that you were looking for everywhere? Oh yeah, where is it? I just found it in the pudding. Like you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, anyway, thank, thank you, Lenny. Thank you, Javier, for those questions. Yeah, Both thanks, guys, for good questions. Um, if you guys want to ask us any questions on the show, you can ask questions at cryptosafari.us. That goes straight to our email and you can get in touch that way. All right. With that, shall we jump into our two tokens for this week? Um, so the way that we evaluate our tokens as a little reminder for new listeners is called PTAC plus T. So that stands for Purpose, Team, Advantage, Community, and Tokenomics. And so those are the five factors that we look at for any cryptocurrency. Uh, and with that, Brian, since I went first last time, I'd love to to hand it over to you to uh, spread some PTAC on us. 
I would love to spread my P-Tac all over your toast. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I, I knew what token you were doing today. Yeah. You leaked it. I did leak it. And I, I you know, I, I looked at FTT and it was number one of the top losers on CoinMarketCap. You're right up there. Number one. That's what, I like to, that's what I like to bring to people. Mazel tov, right? And so I thought, you know what? I'll maybe I'll, I'll do number two in terms oh. of the top 10 losers. Okay. Yeah. Go right? for And you know what's funny is I, the, the project, and I'm not saying this is a loser project. Yes, it was down recently. But then the more I read about it, I was like, wait a minute. This actually sounds pretty cool, and I have an interest in it. It just happened to be ranked number two. Okay. So what that means for to me is this could be a good buying opportunity. I'm not saying FTTG is. Yep. But this could be. And so the project I'm doing today is called Nexo. Oh, I've seen, you know what? I've seen this on the list and I've I've almost clicked on it because it has a cool name, but uh mm -hmm. it's been on my mind. Tell tell me about it. I don't know anything. Let's about dig it. in. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a new one to me. So Nexo is a, a blockchain-based lending platform that offers users instant access to loans by using their crypto as collateral. Okay. So those are crypto-backed loans. Got it. And so what happens is the user takes their, their token, Bitcoin, Ether, whatever they have, and they use it as collateral to use a loan in the form of a fiat currency or a stable coin. So let's say you got a ton of Ethereum locked up someplace, right? Maybe you can use that as collateral to get some cash right now. And this is something that, you know, is normal in, in finance. You know, rich people, this is what they do. Let's say I own a Van Gogh worth $80 million dollars. They don't go to the bank and take a loan out with 26% interest like the rest of the plebs. They say, listen, I got this Van Gogh. Give me some money. If I don't give you the money back, take the Van Gogh. And you know what? They get a sweet loan. That's yeah. what rich people do to get richer. Okay. And so that's what they're trying to do. And so um, so this is Nexo. Their, their native token is Nexo. And it's locked in the platform, right? So you get the, you get the token. But if you hold it, you get certain benefits and discounts on the interest accumulated from the loans that you take out. And so they incentivize so, so, so real quick. So yeah. by holding the Nexo token, I get interest on my own loans or other people's loans? No, you get discounts on your interest. Discounts on my interest. Okay. Right. Ahead. Yeah. So, so Nexo is the token, right? And so its purpose, its utility is they incentivize people to hold that token Got to it. get discounts and benefits on the loans they take out. So just because you, you know, take a loan out on your Ethereum doesn't mean you have to hold Nexo, but if you hold Nexo and you take a loan, there's certain benefits. Nice. But for the bottom line, the purpose of Nexo is for people who need cash from their, from their crypto to basically use as a collateral to get loans. Pretty and pretty straightforward, pretty basic, but also pretty cool. Um, and so when we talk about the team, um, it was founded by a group of finance professionals and crypto enthusiasts who turned to the blockchain to create a crypto equivalent to a service well-established in traditional finance, what we talked about, using high-valued assets to take out loans. But they saw this as something non-existent in digital currency in the crypto market. And so they were trying to fill that void. Very cool. Pretty good. 
right? And so basically between the team, uh, they have like 30 years of financial experience, including non-crypto lending, investment, banking, mergers, acquisitions, head funds, all that stuff. Uh, one of the co-founders of Manzi Partners, a guy named Tony Trenchev. Um, he was a, a contributor with experience in finance law and KYC and AML solutions. KYC. KYC. Know, your, uh, know your client. I'm not sure what AML stands for. I'm not Another sure. One? An Basically, an angry mongoose lizard. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Sounds about right. Uh, so basically what this person had experience with is uh, technology that deals with knowing who you're basically working with in finance and some other solution that probably is similar. Cool. But we'll get into that because this is crypto safari, not finance safari. <laughs> <laughs> safari, excuse me. Uh, and so basically one of the advantages for uh, Nexo is the first ever provider of an instant cryptocurrency backed loan that intends to solve the in inefficiencies with the lending market. So right now, for some people, it's tough to get a loan. You got to go through all these processes. You got to sign all these forms. You got to do this. You got to do that. But if you hold crypto and you need cash, you don't have to go to one of those um, cash lender places that charge you 50%, 90% interest. You just take your crypto and you go down here and get money. What does Nexo charge me, pray tell? Well, that's a good question. And we're going to have to find out in due time. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, one of the things that they utilize is an automated lending process uh, with smart contracts. They also use an oracles to validate. And so an oracle basically is an entity connected to a blockchain that is also connected to a real world uh, like database to make that connection, right? So you go from anonymous to an oracle who bridges the gap to a real database that has people's information, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Um, and so after the user transfers the cryptocurrency to Nexo to a Nexo controlled wallet, the Oracle establishes the loan and the user instantly allocates the funds. So instantly you can get money. I so like you've that. seen those cats, the uh, check casting places and those loan places on the, like your payday. It's basically usury. They'll bang you for like 80% if you, if you're late. Oh, I know. So, so my mom has actually used those places when uh, we were growing up, we were like very short on money and she basically needed like, I just need, you know, money just for the next seven days. The interest they charged her was 100%, Brian, meaning if she borrowed $1,000, she owed them $2,000 a week later and she had to take it because she couldn't find money anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, that's like, uh, there's a, um, I was watching this show. It was like uh, on, it's, it's called American Greed, actually. And there was this one guy who made billions of dollars because he opened up these places all, all over the country. And he was actually shut out of certain states who had laws against this. Mm -hmm. And so what he did is he actually partnered with an Indian tribe who were not regulated by the federal system that controls the uh the laws about these loans and so by partnering with this this indian tribe he was able to, to sidestep all this regulation mm. he ended up going to jail but you know it, it's just it's 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 predatory yeah yeah um and so yeah bad situation it puts people in this cycle of perpetual debt yeah and that's that's their business model yeah really sleazy stuff and i'm sorry that you guys had to go through that um I'm sorry, where was I? So, okay, so you get the funds instantly. 
Uh, okay, when the user makes a deposit in order to repay the loan, the Oracle returns the cryptocurrency and records the transaction on the blockchain. Okay. So you get the money instantly, you pay it back. It's instantly um, validated that you don't owe money. Now, how much do they give me? So let's say I have $1,000 worth of Ethereum. What size loan can I take out? Is it like 50% of the value, 60% of the value? Do you know? Um, let's see. The interest on your outstanding loan balance is 13.9%. So that's the interest. But how much can I take out? Can I take out the full $1,000? Oh, like I see what you're saying. Collateral, um, you know? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm not really sure what the exchange rate is for the loan. I'm not sure if it's one to one. Um, it probably isn't one to one because they need a yeah. way to guarantee it in case crypto goes down. Yeah, I don't believe it's one to one. I'm not a hundred percent sure. And also, that's the, yeah, like you said, like if you give them like maybe ten Ethereum and that price drops five percent, then all of a sudden they're losing money. So. That's a good question. Um, and I'm not 100% sure on that. We'll have to come back to that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the reason I ask is because uh, if you remember when I covered Yearn Finance uh, and kind of the loans that they give, um, mm -hmm. I believe it was like they give you like, it was either 60 or 70% or something like that. So they use that kind of 40% you know, buffer so that in case crypto goes down in value, they can still cover that loan, that mm -hmm. cash that they gave you um, by selling the crypto. Yeah, so it looks like uh, loans amounts are $50 to $2 million. APRs are zero to 19%. I'm trying to find like what you can, yeah, we'll have to do a little more research into that. Okay. We, can, we can add it to the show notes, no, no worries. Yeah. I, don't wanna, I don't wanna throw you off, but- No, um, no, it's a good question. Yeah, go for it. Continue. Yep, good question. Um, so anyway, so that's their advantage. Uh, basically, they're the first to do this. They're offering, well, so they say they're first to do this. They're offering instant loans and inst instant, basically, loan repail, which is pretty cool. Um, the community, uh, it's still growing. Uh, basically, what they're doing is they're creating a lot of incentives uh, for people to join. Uh, like you get preferential interest rates on loans, you get higher yields on savings, you get uh, you know more distribution from dividends, that sort of thing. So they're trying to build a community by incentivizing uh, this process and also holding their Nexo coin. So we'll see how the community grows. But honestly, I, I like the idea, um, as we've seen from other business models, that this works in regular finance. There's reasons that people do this because there are times people need money fast yep and so if you if, if if that's your business model whether you're doing crypto or paycheck loans there's going to be a market for it yeah. yeah so we'll see what happens um in terms of the tokenomics they're ranked number 78 oh. market cap some 708 million dollars yeah they're actually they're top 100 even though they've been down a little bit but they're top 100 and who knows, maybe some of their drop in price has to do with some of the loans they had in Solana, FTT, that sort of thing. It could be. I also think that a lot of uh, companies that work on based on loans tend to do poorly when it's a bear market, right? Because people's <laughs> crypto has decreased in value. And so they're not off like, hey, let me go speculating, you know, to make a bunch of money because they're like, oh, crypto is going to keep going down. Versus when it's a bull market and everything's on the up and up, a lot of people, that's why 
these companies get in trouble is people take out loans because they're like, I'm going to, I'm going to take a loan on my Bitcoin to go buy more Bitcoin. The price will go up. I'll make a profit and then I'll repay my loan. So mm. uh, it doesn't surprise me that it's going down right now. And then the future will go up. Well, I mean, I, I definitely a good point, but also I can see the opposite where people are like, wow, we're in a down economy. I don't want to sell my crypto because the price has dropped a lot, but I need cash now. That's true. So it could work either way, even a bull market and a bear market, depending on, you know, people's I, needs. I bet you there's fewer people. I bet you there's more speculators than people who are like, oh, I need money now. I'm desperate. Oh, no who are also making crypto investments. You know, like mm -hmm. usually people are using their spare money for crypto investments. Hopefully. Right. But also think about this. If you have like, maybe I went to uh, Nexo to take out a loan, but I backed it with Solana and I see the price dropping. Now I want to pay back that loan really quick. Yeah. So yeah. that could be it as well. So yeah, a lot of different forces here. And so depending on, you know, what the market's doing, then this could be either a good investment or not. But I think maybe long-term when you think about, um, you know, the average ups and downs and increase in just people wanting to use a service. I think it's definitely something if you do buy it, it's something you want to hold through the bear, the bear and bull markets because it's going to be doing this a lot. I'm doing this with my hands showing fluctuation, by the way. Yeah, for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, well, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on this one. I'm going to probably buy some just because I like the business model. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, seven hundred eight million dollar market cap. Um, the volume in the last twenty four hours eighteen million dollars, up forty six percent. Surplus supply five hundred six million. Okay, I like that. You like it? Good number. Yeah, good circulating supply. Um, price right now is seventy cents. All time high was four dollars and sixty three cents. Oh dang! Yeah, um, all time low four cents. Okay, so it's really taking a tumble, but. Yeah, which once again, buy that dip. Yep, buying the dips. Buy the dip. Anyway, so that's Nexo. I hope you liked it. I loved it. I loved it, Brian. Thank you for sharing that. That was a uh, my pleasure. Enlightening. So, what I have for you, and and I did a little bit of a spoiler on this because you I did. wanted to pique your interest, but I don't think you know why I have chosen the token I have chosen. So, I am doing FTT which is the token in question that brought down FTX. And the reason I chose this token is because on this show, we like to use our PTAC, uh, you know, system. Mm. And we go, okay, if it has good purpose, team, advantage, community, boom. And tokenomics, like, oh, it's going to be a good one. Like, I'm going to invest. And so I wanted to cover FTT as though it has not collapsed yet. And go through it so that we can see how we could get misled, how anybody could get misled by really nice, you know, name brands, metrics, all of this stuff. And everything can collapse anyways. So I think they called it a postmortem. Well, this is a premortem. This is this is a premortem. This is like we're going to pretend like it has not died yet. OK, so, OK. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to present FTT as though it has not collapsed yet. And then at the end, we, we all know the ending to this movie, but let's just indulge me and pretend like it's three weeks ago and this is a great investment. Right. But at the same time, you are looking at a corpse to find out the cause of death. True. Uh, you'll, right. you'll see. You'll see. Yeah, okay. I am. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not trying to like to, to ruin your flow here, yeah. but 
you'll, you'll see. I like, to, I like to think of it that way. <laughs> okay, well, you'll, you'll see. You'll see. What All right. All right. So my token this week, Brian, is this token called FTT. And this one seems really interesting to me. I think it has a lot of potential. So I thought I'd bring it to our uh, users here. Mm, so um, going through PTAC here. So the purpose of FTT is it's a token for FTX, which is actually the third largest exchange in the world. And when you have the FTT token, it gives you cheaper trades and then also a ton of benefits on the FTX platform. You know I love the FTX platform, so that's kind of what drew my attention mm -hmm. to this. Um, the team behind uh, FTX and FTT is this guy called Sam Bankman-Fried, also known as SBF. Um, really, really smart guy. So he actually founded a quantitative cryptocurrency trading firm called Alameda Research in 2017 mm -hmm. that has just like taken off like, like nobody's business. Um, mm -hmm. Some people even compare him to a modern day JP Morgan. No. Sh yeah. Fancy. Impressive. Very impressive guy. Does he have the sideburns too? Because I heard JP Morgan has some nice burns. I, th I think he might. I think he might. Okay. Uh, so during this whole like tumultuous time of the crypto industry, he's actually been trying to help through these tough times. And that's why they call him the JP Morgan. So, so far he has bailed out Celsius. You might've heard of them really. Oh big, yeah. Really big company. Yeah, they've been on a buying spree the last few weeks. He, he has bailed out BlockFi. Uh -huh. as well, which I'm a big fan of as well. Um, and he also has a 7% stake in Robinhood which he bought into to also help out Robinhood. So he's trying to kind of protect the users of these platforms. Um, and he's he's all about like the the end user, the little guy, the customer. Mm -hmm. um, in a he's quote, a white knight. Yeah, it, it, in a quote, he actually said, um, unlike the other big players, he says that he has acted responsibly with user money, never reusing assets and losing them like so many of those other failed projects. So taking kind of a very mature, responsible approach. I like them. Yeah. Now, investors of FTT, and this is where it gets really good. Have you heard of this company called Sequoia Capital? Oh, yeah. One of the biggest VC venture capital firms in the world did a investment into FTX $210 million at an $18 billion valuation. Nice. Yeah. Now, two months after they made that investment at $18 billion, the company was valued at $25 billion. Impressive. Very impressive. Just this January, they raised an additional $400 million in Series C, and that brought their total funding to $2 billion dollars and get this valuation of $32 billion. Wow. Well, really quick here, and I'm not trying to disrupt your flow again, but for people who don't know, Sequoia Capital are investors in DoorDash, Zoom, Apple, Airbnb, Okta, Stripe, Square, Instagram. Um, I can go on and on. WhatsApp, they're, they're big time. They're big time, and they're very good at calling successful companies. Absolutely. Continue, so, please. So, so that kind of raises my confidence in the FTT. It's also backed by this little company called BlackRock, just the biggest financial company in the world, mm -hmm. and also Coinbase, one of the big cryptocurrency companies in the world. Yep. 
So really strong investment team, which I like. Um, now the advantage. So I mentioned that it lets you lower your transaction costs. So if you hold FTT, uh, you get discounts on every transaction you make on the FTX platform. The other interesting thing about FTT is that it actually allows you uh, to use leveraged tokens. So it allows traders to put leveraged positions without the need to trade on margin. And if a trader, for example, wants to short Bitcoin with three times the leverage, they can simply buy a three times short Bitcoin leveraged position on FTX. So they're really opening it up so that you can, you know, uh, I don't want to say speculate, but like you can use the funds that you have in order to buy, uh, you know, even bigger bets. If you mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So um, one third of the commissions that are received on the FTX platform for like people making transactions and stuff um, are actually used to buy back FTT. And then after they buy back the FTT, they actually burn it. So it's actually a deflationary cryptocurrency. Right. Which means the supply goes down. Exactly. Which is really nice. So there are so far there have been 20 million FTT tokens that have been permanently removed from circulation using this buy and burn mechanism. Pretty cool. Uh, also, the profits uh, from mass market movements are actually distributed among the FTT holders. So if you just hold FTT, they're just giving you profits based on the money that FTX is making. Okay, so got it. So the, 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 the tokens utility is interacting with the ftx exchange yes they incentivize you to hold the token to interact with the ftx exchange which brings money into the exchange raises liquidity on a lot of different fronts yeah yeah other than that is there any other utility that the the coin offers yeah so so those are the utilities so one when there's movements in the market and ftx is making money it will profit share some of that to the FTT holders. The dividend, yeah. Yep. You can also leverage, use FTT to create leveraged positions. You can lower your transaction costs. And then also um, you receive some of the commissions that FTX makes on people using FTT. Right. So, so the utility is the exchange. Yes, yes. Quite, yeah. quite, quite a bit. Yeah. So... That is the advantage of holding FTT. Um, in terms of community, so far there are 30,000 users who hold FTT, but get this, FTX has 1 million users. So a very small portion of their mm. user base holds FTT so far. So uh, maybe get in early, you know, could be good. Mm. I see. Yeah. Uh, in terms of tokenomics, it is a $300 million market cap right now. So it is uh, market ranked 92. It's in the top 100. Mm -hmm. So that's really good. Um, kind of an up and comer, if you will. Uh, 133 million uh, circulating supply and a 328 million total supply. All-time high price was $85. The all-time low price was $0.95. Cents. And the current price is $2.44. So, I mean, buy the discount, you know? It's on buy sale. It. It's on sale. Buy the dip. Oh. I think Terra Luna is on sale too right about now. <laughs> <laughs> so that is FTT. Ooh. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, I, I like what you're doing here. I think it really goes beyond PTAC mm -hmm. for a few different reasons. And it makes me think about things I want to buy. And I've always been a little bit wary of buying um, exchange tokens. Like, I don't own any tokens that are associated with an exchange. Yep. Because the utility is in the exchange. Yes. If the exchange falters, the coin falters. Yes. I believe that you should invest in the technology and the use case, not yes. a this circular system of the more you buy, the more you get. And the more we get, the more you get. And the more, you know what I mean? It's this sort of, um, yeah, it's just, it, it, it. I don't see outside of the platform, there's no utility. Yeah. You know? I think the way they're trying to use these exchange tokens is like a replacement for having public, for going public and having a publicly traded stock. So for example, if you believe that Coinbase, Coinbase is the exception to this, where they are a publicly traded company. So if you believe that Coinbase is going to succeed in the future, you can just buy Coinbase stock. But for example, if you think FTX or uh, crypto.com is going to be successful in the future, there's no way for you to invest into it other than to buy their token. And so I think that's how people are using it. Exactly. Which going back to the Howley principle, this is a security. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. hundred percent. There's no way that they would use that, that uh, system of judgment and determine this isn't a security. Yep. And, and that's, that, and that's my issue with, with tokens like this. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was thinking about that symbol of the snake eating itself, the Ouroboros. It's, mm -hmm. it's perpetually selling something to create more value in itself. Yes. Outside of that, what's their product? Yeah. What's their value? Yeah. Nothing. Yes. And that's the thing. That's a problem that a lot of these DeFi platforms have had as well. Yeah. They want you to hold the token so you can create value. So both people hold tokens and more, you know, and it's just like, it's, I don't want to use the word a Ponzi scheme because I think that's a little bit um, um, inflammatory, but at the same time, where's where's the value? It's where's not the... so, so. It's not quite a Ponzi scheme. So exactly, I wouldn't say that either. I'll I'll bring it to your cryptocurrency that you shared with us, Nexo. So by holding, I can use the Nexo technology without needing to hold any of the Nexo token, right? Like I can just use it for its technology. Right. And the way they incentivize is they go, hey, we're going to charge you whatever it is, a 5% fee, which means like you're going to give us money. Do you want to give not give us so much money? Well, then give us money by buying the Nexo token. Right. And we will not charge you. Which that. FTX did. Exactly. Yeah. So in a way, it depends what you're doing. If you are, and I understand this... This really depends on like what type of trader you are. If you are a high volume, high frequency trader on FTT or on Nexo or whatever it is, it makes sense for you to buy the FTT token so that you get discounts on those fees. If you're only trading, you know, like once a week, once a month and not giant sums of money, the fees on FTX aren't that big. It's literally like a dollar or two. So it's not worth you buying the FTT token. Yeah, well, you know, I've had a thought like, you know, all of this. If you think about like markets and exchanges, you know, if I buy something on the NASDAQ, right? I don't have to hold a NASDAQ token 
And if NASDAQ itself as a business model starts to falter, I'm not going to lose my investment because what I bought still has value on a broader market. I can take that and sell it in most places, right? Yeah. There's still a broader market. And so when I think about all these decentralized exchanges, the problem is there's too much tied in to the business with what they're offering. They're yeah. not a market maker. They're not an exchange. Well, if they are, they're FTX and Almeida who are creating a, a dual purpose. They're not a centralized exchange where they're just saying, oh, you come and trade and we'll take a percentage. Yeah. They're saying, hey, listen, come trade and then pay us money. We're custodians of whatever you're trading. And if you buy this token, we can make more money off you. I think the business model for centralized exchanges are flawed in that sense. Yeah. And I think that if anything, those need to be regulated more so than any crypto project. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I really agree with that. And mm -hmm. what I wanted to point out here is also the way that you read into when you're like, ooh, I want to like buy this cryptocurrency, you'll read stuff and you'll kind of play it up to yourself in your own mind, right? Like it's like, mm -hmm. oh, there's these great investors. Sam Bankman-Fried, he's a genius. Oh, it's got so many different advantages. I'm going to get into it, right? And so this is kind of, I do this all the time to myself where I get so pumped on a certain mm -hmm. cryptocurrency. And this is kind of a good reminder to say like, hey, like however pumped you get on a cryptocurrency, take it like two or three notches back. Same with, However, like fearful you might be about something, take it a couple of notches up, right? So it's like keeping your your psychology in check of not letting yourself deceive yourself. Well, I think it has to do with just taking your emotions out of investment. That's impossible. It's so hard. It's not. It's it's not impossible if you do a few things right. And I'm not saying you did anything wrong. I, I, I that but it came off wrong. But what you can do is basically diversify what you're holding and where you're holding it. That takes a lot of emotion out because a lot of times you like, you see a project, you're like, this is it. I'm going to like, I'm going to put all my money into this one basket and I'm just going to sit back and wait for the money to roll in. Yep. And so I think a lot of that has to do with just diversification and reallocation, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what they tell you to do with any, any type of 401k or any long-term investment, you know, and I think you should look at crypto the same way. Yeah, I agree. I, I think for you. So for me, my um, emotional tie that I think is steering me like to over index is Solana. Like I'm, I'm such a Solana fanboy. I would say for you, it was probably Saitama. Oh yeah. Like, if we listen to episode one, you're like Saitama, man. Oh it's yeah. The it's the best. And then you, you learned that lesson, you know, of like, Oh yeah. I mean, like <laughs> I, I could look up Saitama right now and I tell you, it's not good. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not good at all. Um, And you know, yeah, I, I learned that lesson. Like, What's we'll say yeah, I learned with Saitama, you know, I was just like, this is it, this is the one. I'm gonna, you know, and I'm I'm you know, I made some money off it, but I still I lost more than I made. And um yeah, I put I I I put too much eggs in one basket. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So let me learn. Let me I, learn everybody. I, I don't wanna don't yeah, like I don't, me. Yeah, I, I don't wanna scare people off of crypto. I still think that crypto, even even though I went through like this oh, this roller coaster of emotion this week, I still believe in crypto and that it's going to be, you know, a big part of our lives Absolutely. in the future. I'm learning lessons and this is the reason that I think that's so important to dabble early. If you can learn these lessons now, when things are really on the up and up, 
you will be much better at navigating the ecosystem, at navigating the emotions, the roller coaster, all of that. Compared to someone who waits until everything is going up, 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 up. And they're like, oh my God, there's no way I could lose. I'm going to put all my money in you're here. Like, you're like, be careful. Yeah. Well, think about this. Like when your kids have a crypto wallet, you can be like, when I was your age, I bought FTX and I lost <laughs> millions. You know, it was a different day. Exchanges, they were, you know, and you can tell them about the wild west of crypto and like, how you had to walk into an exchange and there was a spittoon over here and there was some saucy broad serving drinks, you know, and it was dusty. <laughs> I um, don't know what exchanges you, you go to, but I yeah, went in. That yeah, sounds not, like a great. Yeah. Exchange. I go to the ones in the, uh, yeah, never mind. We'll talk about that in our other show. Yeah. Super secret exchanges. exchanges. Yeah. And where to put your boots on. Um, you but yeah, that's, it's interesting. And actually, you know what? I actually heard something else and this is a public service announcement about the lot of the crypto scams. And there was one I was uh, listening to a podcast about, and it's called Fattening the Pig. Mm. So for everybody out there, uh, Fattening the Pig is a crypto scam where you might get like a innocuous text from somebody like, oh, hey, I'm going to be running late. And it's obviously someone you don't know. And then you tell them like, oh, wrong number. And they start a conversation with you. Ah, uh, yes. Right. And so this is like the same like internet scam that's been going on in a while. But what they do is they you know, start a conversation. Maybe they know that you're a guy and they'll send a picture of like some cute girl. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And it's be like a girl, like, you know, with a sorry face. And you're like, oh, she's pretty hot. And you start the conversation. And then this carries on for a while. They might even get you on the phone. They might even do a Zoom call where they see someone in person. Mm. And eventually they're like, oh, by the way, have you heard about crypto investment? Mm. And then you're like, no, I haven't. You're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I've got this great stuff and blah, blah, blah. And they get you to buy crypto. And they're like, oh, by the way, if you move it to this exchange, we can give you 20% interest. And you're like, oh, yeah, why? You're, you're hot. I got this crypto. Let's do that. And so you give the money to them. And then they give you like this fake, um, you know, dashboard that shows your money going up. <laughs> and as soon as you want to take it out, they're like, oh, if you want to take it out, you got to give us more money. Uh, and then they're like, oh, well, yeah, I want to take it out. And they give us more money. And they're like, oh, by the way, we need more money. They need more money, more money. And they just mm -hmm. you keep giving them, giving them, giving them. And you never get shit back. It's called yeah. fattening the pig. So anybody out there, if you get a text message from some hot girl or hot guy, and it seems awesome and you're in love and all of a sudden they want you to invest in crypto. Don't do it. Yeah. Walk away. Yeah. All yeah. Right. I, I, uh, I think it'd be really funny if they tried to pull that scam on us and they're like, have you heard about crypto? And it's like, actually, yeah, we're, I run a crypto podcast. Would you like to come on as a guest? And they're like, uh, <laughs> I actually want to reverse it and get their crypto. Yeah. 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 Let's scam the scammers. That's yeah. my goal. Awesome. All right, guys, hopefully you enjoyed this whirlwind of a podcast episode. Remember, if you guys have questions, if you want to share your thoughts about what you think about the whole FTX debacle or any of that, remember, you can write to us at questions at cryptosafari.us uh, and we will take them on the next episode. All right. All right, guys, until next time. Ciao. Laters. Laters.